Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. We are back on a Monday night. Well, by the time you guys listen to this, I'm sure it is Tuesday morning. I just came back from work and I just needed a moment to decompress and ensure that I go up to speed whenever I come onto the podcast because you don't want to hear the groggy voice that comes out of my mouth. And even though I just want to ensure that I just have to drink a thing of water, that I'd be okay. No, it's none of that. It's the fact that... I want to ensure that whatever I'm going to say tonight is going to be loud and clear for all of you to hear. Considering the fact that over the weekend, Black Widow has happened, yes, I said what I said, I said what I meant on the fact that I would watch Black Widow, and it turned out to be nearly exactly what I thought it would be. And I'm going to explain all of that in more and careful detail because today on this episode of the podcast, we got the Black Widow deep dive. Now, as a forewarning, this will be a spoiler-filled review, so I will be talking major spoiling points, some major points. I wouldn't even know about anything major because, like I said, it's... It's kind of a moment where I just think to myself, why is it that certain films that are made can't seem to grasp that it could be way better than what it is? Maybe if they had a different direction, if they had different directors or different writers, different, you know, anything. But yet, for some odd reason, these films that comes out under the um, Marvel or even DC Comics banner continue to stay as mediocre. And that's a huge bummer for me. It really is. And I don't mean to come across as someone that hated the movie. No, I didn't hate the movie because I went with my Lazy Panda, my girlfriend, by the way. I went with my Lazy Panda and we both saw the movie. And considering that she has no idea in terms of how or where everything was in terms of what brought this together... Who are the characters? Because let's face it, this is not her world. She's not a Marvel fanatic like I am, which is understandable. But she did enjoy the movie, even though she was completely lost. I, on the other hand, enjoyed it to some extent. I really did. And I think it was because I was trying my best to turn off my brain and try to see if I can enjoy this movie in and of its entirety. Unfortunately, I couldn't help it. My brain turned on. And here we are. Here we are for our review. So before I go right into it, let's do what we always do. Let's get the shout-outs out of the way. And my main shout-out goes to Dustin Diamond Poirier. If you remember this past weekend, or even if you didn't watch it, defeated Conor McGregor, which in a way I did call by first-round Dr. Stoppage slash TKO, which means this rivalry in a way is still not over, even though it should be. I think in many ways I can actually look at this from a subjective point of view and be like, you know what, Connor, it's done. You're done. It's finished. 
you're never going to be like you were back in 2016 and you're never going to surpass Dustin Poirier. It's just not going to happen. And the sad thing is, I was a die-hard Conor McGregor fan up until 2016. Then the Dolly thing happened and then I'm like, oh god damn it, why? Why would you do that? For those of you that are listening to this I have no idea what the hell it is that I'm talking about, I'm sure you've heard the name Conor McGregor. In 2018, he decided to pick up a dolly, threw it at the back of a bus, completely shattering the window. The debris of the glass actually went through some people's eyes. So, yeah. Basically vandalized public property, destroyed public property, and nearly fucking blind a couple of other people, a couple of other fighters, within the same vicinity, all because he wanted to go after Khabib. And it was that moment where I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, this shit is not fun anymore. This really isn't. And it really went downhill from there. It really did. But that's another story that I'm going to have to talk about another time. Like I said, congratulations to Dustin Diamond Poirier. The next fight that he will have, maybe towards the ending of this year, will be against Charles Oliveira for the lightweight championship. I cannot wait to watch that. And you know what? Here's a little bit of a plug-in. Tune in this Thursday night where I will be live on the radio, WVOX 1460 AM radio. I will be live where I will talk in depth the rise and fall of Conor McGregor. A quick Black Widow review considering that, you know, people here will listen to the full extent But other people can listen to the quick extent. So you could take your pick, pick your poison, whatever the case may be. Some voiceover stuff, some things that makes me happy and more, whatever the case may be. It's an hour long with some commercials, of course, some commercials in between. And I can't wait. I cannot wait. Considering that I'm going to be on shift all day Thursday, which, by the way, is my birthday on Thursday. I'm going to turn 31. I'm going to turn 31 years old this Thursday. God damn it does time fly. Holy crap. Wow, I just I think I just did three shoutouts into one. Dustin Diamond Poirier, WVOX, and of course myself turning 31 this Thursday. And tomorrow me and my lazy panda are actually gonna go out and have a good time, celebrate. She has surprises for me. Can't wait to see what goes on. So that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. That's what we have for the shoutouts. Let's dive into the Black Widow deep dive spoiler filled review. And that comes right in a bit. If there is one word that I want to describe what the Black Widow was to me, I think the word that comes out of my mouth and my mind and my heart would have to be filler. And you know what? That's a very, very wrong thing to say. But hey, you know what? I'm speaking the truth. I'm speaking my truth. This movie felt like filler to me. And I think that was the biggest, biggest letdown ever. This movie has been postponed a couple of years, for a couple of years, ever since the pandemic. 
and it was going to be the starting point of Marvel Phase 4. Obviously, that ended up being WandaVision, so to speak, considering that Spider-Man Far From Home was the second, and this was supposed to lead in to the beginning of Phase 4. Now, you can tell right away that there were already a lot of questions that kept on circling the internet and kept on circling every person's mind. Why now? Why is it that we could not have this movie five years ago, or even four years ago for that matter? If the setting of this movie actually takes place between the events of Infinity War and Civil War, why are we getting one now? And it kind of made me think that, in a way, Kevin Feige and the directors and, you know, the showrunners or whoever the hell you want to call them, they felt contractually obligated to make this type of a film. Maybe there were rumors going around that Wonder Woman was such a success and there was so much backlash with Captain Marvel as it was that maybe it was finally about time for us to finally make a Black Widow film. But you see, here's the main problem. When you have types of movies that are, what do you call it, uh, mid-quills, in-between quills, or whatever the hell you want to call them, there has to be a reason for it. There has to be a reason. Is there something of the main character's backstory, or is there something that we need to learn more about the main character that we followed for God knows how many years all the way till now? Will this have us have much more of a thought that we can have towards that person. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those questions where you have to think to yourself, why aside from money, why are you making this type of film? And why now? You know, why now? Like I said, this movie should have been made a while back already, but instead it became filler, a stepping stone for future projects and future MCU films to actually have. And that's how that that that's a bummer to me. It really is, especially when essentially this movie is appropriately or approximately the final send off to Scarlett Johansson and well, not Scarlett Johansson, Natasha Romanoff, her character. It's the final send off to her and nothing was emotionally invested for me to care enough because if you remember, we've all seen Natasha die in Avengers Endgame. So right away, the emotional impact is gone. We've already dealt with it. We dealt with it when we saw the film and nothing came back. So I know I'm going on, you know me, I go on on so many rants in terms of what I feel or what I have to say, but let's look at let's look at this from an objective side of view. And let's discuss the plot point, for example. So Natasha runs away. She is getting apprehended or is trying to get apprehended by the government because she violated the Sokovia Accords. And she disappears for a while for her to lay low, for her to be on her own, and whatever the case may be. And at some point along the journey, the other Black Widows who she grew up with are now trying to assassinate one of their own, an older widow or whatever the case, And there is some kind of formula that her sister Yelena ends up sending back to her. And when they finally meet, they are now tasked to take down 
the person that is mind controlling all of the Black Widows. And apparently, according to this movie, hundreds, if not thousands of Black Widows all around the world. So they have to break their mind control, which is the same. According to this movie, it is the same near protocol that what happened with the Winter Soldier. And it's up to them to try to save the day. Yada, yada. You know the rest. Right. And the reason why I say yada, yada is because it's kind of the same thing that we've been seeing for a while now. One person leaves their family the first time they come back, they reunite. We go through all these feelings. We go through we we watch their reunion either fall apart or get together again. And they work together to try to take down the bad guy. Happy ending. Everything goes the way it was. And I know that's probably the vaguest answer that I can give, but in a way, that's what this movie made me feel. It had no emotional weight. It had no impact. It had no, in a way, memorable scenes that I could literally take out or, you know, maybe cry or uh, stand up and give a standing ovation. And maybe you disagree. Maybe you do disagree. And that's fine. You know, that's fine. Maybe you watched the film and you absolutely loved it. You absolutely enjoyed the shit out of it. I completely understand. For me personally, that's not the case. You see, what? first of all, let me back up a little bit. I'm going to talk about the things that I did like versus the things that I didn't like. Because I know I'm being probably Mr. Poopy Pants or whatever the case, but just hear me out, okay? I'm going to talk about the things that I did like. For one thing, I loved Florence Pugh as Yelena probably the best character of this entire movie she made the movie for me by far her her sarcastic point of view and her sarcastic humor her dark sense of humor I absolutely fell in love with it I really did I thought she was going to be one of those annoying type sisters that really didn't have any depth or emotions to her whatsoever but no she was actually the best character out of the whole thing I love the chemistry between her and Natasha. Even though they're surrogate sisters, you definitely buy the chemistry and the emotion that they actually have towards each other. They care about each other a lot. They love each other. And they, in a way, bounce off from each other to try to make the other good, if not great. It's If that makes any sense. Yelena, by far, best character I've seen in quite a while in the MCU. Okay. I love that there was one point where she actually made fun of Natasha for doing the superhero poses where, you know, she bends down while well, she has her knee out. She has, she closes her leg and she does this thing with her hair. It's, it was by far hilarious. And I love the fact that Yelena being a strong character that she is, isn't afraid to show vulnerability, especially during the dinner scene with the whole family when Red Harper, Red Harper, Jesus, David Harper's, Red Harper, I should call him Red Harper, David Harper's Red Guardian comes and then everyone is together and the surrogate family is together and, you know, she's shown vulnerability where she goes, you know, don't say that it's not real, it was real to me, you know, real being what she felt with her family, of her having a family. And the one thing when I thought about Black Widow before I started seeing it, 
I thought that they would actually focus more on that aspect. I thought they would focus more on the backstory of how Black Widows actually came to be. Instead, it was rushed through in the beginning credits of the entire film, which was overplayed by Smells Like Teen Spirit. Which, by the way, I have to say, is probably my second favorite thing of the entire film. I love the song. It's dark. It's gritty. It showed... it. Think of getting recruited by the military in a very hardcore type of fashion, but it's 10 times harder, 10 times worse, and you basically are just a puppet. It's amazing how Marvel uses a lot of puppet references these days, Jesus. It's it's some, something that I realized, and it's something that I definitely uh, focused on. But on the on the other hand... There is a moment where you have to think to yourself, where are they going with this? You know, are they going to focus on what happened between Hawkeye and Black Widow at Budapest? No, they just give a couple of references and a couple of set pieces. Are they going to focus on maybe the other Black Widows aiming to try to kill Black Widow for betraying them in some type of way? No. It's mostly a scavenger hunt because these two characters have to find the main villain, which, by the way, was never even... He wasn't. He was only there for a few minutes in the beginning of the movie to the last 20 to 25 minutes in the ending of the film. So right away, the villainous presence is not even there. And what... You know the old saying, we love our heroes or our heroes are great based on the villains that they go up against, right? So that's one way to think about it. There was no villain that actually pushed Natasha to her best or to her limits. You could make the argument that Taskmaster would do it or Taskmaster did do it, but their fight scenes are only few and far between. And by the way, the reveal of Taskmaster, Jesus Christ, one of the biggest biggest disappointments ever. I saw on Twitter the other day where they actually had a poll in terms of who was the biggest disappointment. Was it the Mandarin from Iron Man 2? Was it Quicksilver from WandaVision? Was it Taskmaster? Or I believe there was a third character. I forgot a fourth character. I forgot who it was. But by far one of the biggest disappointments ever because there was so much emotional depth with Taskmaster in the Spider-Man game for God's sake. Because, let's face it, he is a very intriguing and important character. Instead, they passed her off as the main villain's daughter because of something that Black Widow did in her past. And now, she's try- she's not even trying to get revenge. She's a mindless puppet. So, right away, I'm like, alright, well, let's see where this goes now. And it doesn't really go anywhere. Then you got the other characters, you know, you got Red Guardian, you know, played by David Harper, where we're thinking to ourselves, okay, what's his purpose? He's a plot device. He's a plot device to help to get from his daughters, Natasha and Yelena, to their surrogate mother so that they could find the main villain that's literally up in the sky. 
So he's nothing more than a plot device. And what's very weird is the fact that he kept on saying he was obsessed with Captain America. Like, like he was obsessed because, let's face it, he is a super soldier now. And he's obsessed with Captain America. So I thought they were going to have, when the scene with Red Guardian, and of course it showed in the trailers, when the scene with Red Guardian and Taskmaster would fight against each other, I thought that Taskmaster was actually going to copy Captain America's moves faced off against Red Guardian, Red Guardian would use that as some kind of closure with his obsession with Captain America by beating a person that imitated Captain America and therefore close that chapter completely. Nope, none of that. None of that ever happened. But then again, is it too much to ask to ask for great writers? Is it too much to ask? Apparently so. You know, it's... I, I, I don't understand. Another thing that kind of pissed me off was there was a lot of things that were confusing in terms of how, and of course, this goes to the backstory of Black Widow. There were a couple of things, and I don't remember if I mentioned this earlier, but there were a couple of things where I thought to myself where I'm like, okay, can we elaborate on that more? In the dinner scene, Yelena was pissed off about Natasha, and she mentioned it a couple of times where she goes to her and she said, you got out, you left. Why didn't you come and find me? Something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing here. Something along those lines. And we never really experienced or saw how Natasha left the organization. I can understand why they didn't come after her after she quote-unquote betrayed her family. Her family being the Black Widows in general. Because let's face it, she became an Avenger. So if they were going to go after her and kill her in some type of way, they were going to go after them. So I can understand why they didn't lift a finger until now. I completely get that. But how did she become free in the first place? Was this mind control thing happened for a very long time? And, and so for how long? Did Black Widow, Natasha, get affected by this mind control thing? And if she did, how did she break out of it? You know, did she, did, was, she, was she affected in some type of way? Did she use sheer will to break the chains? Like, these were all questions that nobody explained. Nobody gave any answers for. Nothing. Not a zippo. There was nothing like that. I know I'm nitpicking here, but once again, I have to look at this from a different set of eyes. This movie could have been way better if it was made by different directors. Can you imagine if the Russos, and I understand why they couldn't do it even if they wanted to. After Civil War, they had to focus all their intentions on Infinity War. So it would have been nearly impossible to squeeze in Black Widow during that time. But why is it that we have incompetent directors or writers to make a film like this and think it would be okay to give something as mediocre as this. That's the thing that fucking bothers me. You could have given or given to any other competent director. Someone with a good backstory. Someone that is a fan of the character. Someone that knows their backstory. Someone that, that knows the ins and outs of who Black Widow is as a core. And instead, we get this. Instead, we get this. Overall, and I know I'm ranting so much now, but I'm trying to make a point to this, okay? As I said in the beginning, this movie felt like filler. 
because all it was is it's a stepping stone for other future projects to happen. And the other future projects that is going to tell a couple of things. The debut of Yelena. The fact that we have thousands of black widows out there that needs to be cured in some way, shape, or form. The fact that now there's going to be a crossover between Yelena and Hawkeye, possibly against Kate Bishop as well. That's going to be an exciting thing. I can't wait to see that. And there was no resolution with Black Widow's character, Natasha. Because once again, we've already seen that resolution in Avengers Endgame. So the emotional weight and impact to see her again in her own film, which by the way, and if I'm being completely honest here, the movie is not even about her. It's really not. She's more of a, a, what do you call it? She's much more of an observer for this whole thing. (laughs) Like, again, it would have been... There was a movie that Jennifer Lawrence made. I believe it was called Sparrow a few years ago. That movie felt like a Black Widow film. Can you imagine a Black Widow movie where the beginning montage and the beginning uh, the, the credit scenes from adolescent years or child years all the way to how to become a Black Widow and then at some point Natasha, which, you know, in this movie that is exclaimed to betrayed them in some type of way and now they they're going after her they couldn't until now and then they decide to go after her and she is now pushed to her limits by the ultimate person the taskmaster if you want to keep the taskmaster as Drakov's daughter fine whatever because i can understand why marvel the mcu does not like to copy directly off of the comics i completely get that if you want to subvert expectations and that's what you want to do Fine, whatever. I will get with that. But think of much think of how much more of the character that we see, the character that we love so much, Natasha, being pushed to her limits by Taskmaster because she ends up becoming the one person that she betrayed most and she abandoned her family and then she'll go through this arc of you know in our eyes, did she betray her family? Was it a mistake for her to leave them? Could she done more? And then maybe have a fight scene, an ultimate fight scene between her and Yelena. Not the fight scene that we saw in the movie or in the trailer, but an actual fight scene where she may be forced to kill off her potential last member of her family. Something along those lines. Yes, it's cliche. Yes, it's probably something that we've seen hundreds and thousands of times in other pieces of media. I completely understand that. But think of how much more of an emotional impact that would have had for us. You know, and maybe there's a lesson to be learned there. Maybe there's a lesson to be learned where you don't abandon your family. Because let's face it, the main theme of this movie has to do with abusive type of figures and... You know, people that want to claim themselves to be above everybody when you try to strip their their humanity or when you try to look deep into their surface, they are nothing but a pack of bullshit, which is exactly what Natasha did to Drakeoff. And by the way, the scene where his pheromones is unabling to have her kill him, just walk on the other side of the room and just shoot him. Like... I, Oh my goodness. And she had to sever the nerve of her nose. 
to break her nose in order to stop the smell or the pheromones from reaching into the chemistry of, of her brain or something like that. That, that, who wrote this? Again, this movie could have been way better than what it was. This movie could have been way stronger than what it was if it was given into the hands of other writers and other directors. Someone with strong credibility. I don't understand why Marvel falls through this every single goddamn time. And not even Marvel, I'm sorry, I keep on placing the blame on Marvel. The MCU in general, I don't understand why. You have great movies, you have great writers, you have great directors, you have an arsenal of people that you can find and hire and research. Why let it come to this? I don't get it. I know I've been going on on a hell of a rant here, okay? But it's because I feel so passionate about this. And like I said earlier, if you love the film, I'm happy for you. Even though I said all of my complaints about all of this, I still liked it. I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. It didn't really wow me. And there weren't really memorable things about it. Like I said, I love the chemistry between Yelena and Natasha. I love the beginning credit scenes. I actually love seeing Rachel Weiss again. She looks really good for her age. She looks damn good for her age. So I love seeing Rachel Weiss. There were a lot of funny moments. The comedy, the MCU comedy is there. It's gold. I love it. Aside from everything else, not so much. So if I had to give this movie a rating, I would probably give it a good 7 out of 10. It's not terrible. It's not good. It's in the middle. And I don't mind never seeing it again. Maybe if I was to binge watch the entire MCU again, that would be the only reason. But aside from that, I don't think I would go out of my way to see this movie again. And with that, that's all there is to it. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. As I always say, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, if you agree with me in any way, if you disagree with me in any way, by all means, let's have a conversation about it. Let's have a grown debate. I actually like debates, and maybe you can prove me wrong, and I want to be enlightened. I want to have my eyes opened. I want to hear the truth. I don't want to be woke. I want to hear the truth. The truth is out there. And whatever your perspective is, I am interested to know. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, Voice of Garcia. And as always, if you need my services in any way, shape, or form, if you want me to do a podcast intro or outro for you, hit me up, voiceofgarcia.com. That's voiceofgarcia.com. You can email me there. You can hit me up. We can talk. We can talk about rates. We can talk about anything you need to talk about. But don't worry. I am here for you. I serve the people. We, the people. We, the people. And as always, if that's not good enough for you, there's also our Facebook group, OTC Fanatics, where you can join and talk and post anything you want. It is for free. It is free. You talk about anything you want, just be respectful with everybody else because I don't need any negativity shit. I don't need that shit. And nobody else needs that shit. Now, I've been going on long enough. Let's go into our superhero quote of the day. And why not? 
let's go into from Natasha Romanoff, considering this is her farewell type of a film-ish, maybe passing the torch along to Yelena. But nevertheless, let's go into our superhero quote of the day. Black Widow. She says, Just because it's the path of least resistance doesn't mean it's the wrong path. Staying together is more important than how we stay together. And my reaction to that is this. There's another way of saying we stand together or together we fall. As long as you keep your circle intertwined, as long as you keep your friends and your family close and you cherish them as best you can, how you do it or where you do it, just be sure that no matter what, you have each other's back and you're there for each other no matter what. Because one day you're going to need them so much more. And they're going to need you too. That's all that has to be said. Guys, once again, tune in this Thursday night where I will be on WVOX 1460 AM Radio, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Where I will talk about the rise and fall of Conor McGregor. A quick Black Widow review. Maybe there are, who knows, maybe there could be more stuff that I could think about that I haven't talked on here and I would like to talk there. So that's, you know, you never know. You never know. The sky's the limit. And of course, this Wednesday, the season finale of Loki. Hopefully we get a definitive ending unlike WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Hopefully we get a definitive ending to ensure that we can actually walk away something with something that is finished, that feels earned, that feels absolute. Not obsolete, absolute. Time will tell in a couple of days. I will be back possibly Friday morning or Friday night where I will hopefully, hopefully have a special guest coming. We couldn't do it tonight because I came from work so late, but... Hopefully, she is still interested, and chances are, we're going to talk a lot of Batman stuff. A lot of Batman stuff. And you may know her, but I'm not going to say anything until she reveals herself. That's all I got to say about that. And as always, tune in next time where we will talk all of the hilarious news that goes on in the comic book world, movies, games, shows, whatever the case may be. And always remember, if you hear about it, and you read about it, I talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time, I'm done, I'm through. Peace out.